This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Previously on Talk Time Live Exclusive. Let me tell you something. There's two things that I got out of this show. One, I'd never been so jealous of a slime ever in my life <laughs> for all the things that that character has ever done. I was like, I was completely enamored of everything that he was got to do. And season two was a huge step up and we're going to talk about season two first, but before we do that, I, I must ask anime is known for its diversion form of storytelling. I mean, like just some crazy and quirky things that has come out, but, and you guys have auditioned for crazier things possibly maybe with that said, what was the first reaction when you guys were approached about playing a show starring a slime? And uh, Chris, uh, Brittany, I'll start with you, of all people. Um, I was ecstatic, uh, super excited about it. Um, the challenge of, of a slime being, you know, a creature, um, I, um, from the beginning, uh, knew that the slime would have no, ch you know, uh, be genderless and, um, that challenge. And then also there's just so many times, uh, voicing Rimuru where we've just had so much fun. Um, just the things that, uh, Rimuru gets to do. It's always been an adventure. Oh, I, yes, it has. And like I said, it's one that I was kind of envious. I'm like, Things just look so good for him, right? <laughs> or him or her or, or them, I should say, at this point, <laughs> at this point of this land. Um, what about you, Kristen? Um, my experience is probably different from everyone else's because I adapted the scripts for Slime. So I was already pretty aware of of how crazy Slime was. Uh, and, and Malene doesn't show up until like episode 16. Uh, so it was more of like, I saw this character in the opening and then she finally showed up and it's when you're the writer, like you pretty much always be like, Oh, I hope I get to play this character. And then like another character will come along and be like, Oh, I hope I get to play this character. And Malene was a character that I was like, Oh, I would love to play Malene, but that's not something I typically get cast for. Um, and, and so when I got cast, I was really excited, one, because it's like a new challenge, and two, I knew Brittany was playing Slime, um, and I had worked with Brittany previously <laughs> on Gamers, so I was really excited like to be like, oh, I get to act across from Brittany, this will be so much fun. Um, so I, I guess the, the difference between me and everyone else is like, I kind of already knew what Slime was going to be, uh, because my character comes in so much later, whereas everyone else is kind of like, all right, well, here's this crazy thing you're going to be today. <laughs> awesome. And, and last, Molly, um, I'm sorry, Mallory, I should say, um, what was your reaction? Well, I was super excited, but my first reaction was, what is Great Sage? You know, it was kind of a mystery, this conceptual intelligence inside of the mind of another character. That was really interesting to unpack uh, with Cliff, our director, of like, you know, is Great Sage real? Is it just a computer? Is it something bigger than that? And so trying to figure out exactly what Great Sage was, was really fun. And I've always wanted to do a voice like this. I love doing those sort of um, Siri-like voices, uh, please leave mm -hmm. a message after the tone. And so knowing that Cliff wanted to kind of play into that with this voice was super, super fun. So I was ecstatic. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. 
Anime, comics, movies and games that come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies and games that come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies and games that come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies and games that come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from. And luckily there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes all can learn something new. Me too. I heard words with no faith is empty. I stayed the course so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games that come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games that come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games that come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games that come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah folks we got a fun show for you today with our talk topic being my review of star wars visions uh this is lucasfilm's take on the star wars universe and anime form and i am looking forward to talking about that uh all of the episodes because they're all available now on disney plus unlike the uh what they normally do with the marvel cinematic universe episodes they just gave us everything so i am looking forward to uh talking about that as well as giving you my favorites among them all so uh we'll do that later on in this show but uh also you heard some uh you heard a clip from the uh repop metaverse based upon the actual uh panel that i did with the cast of that time i got reincarnated as a slime well we got news to talk about for them as well which is absolutely awesome so we'll be doing that in the next segment but before i do that i just gotta say i need people to really pay attention to this um in terms of how we live our lives on social media and i kind of spoke briefly about this in our uh in the last episode but i just want to say briefly and i'll say this at the end please be aware of what these social media algorithms are doing to us and how they affect us mentally and i say that just from just just for for the uh safety of our mental health um you know there's been a lot of uh recent reveals based upon with uh certain companies like facebook and instagram have been doing and the information that they've been keeping from us in a case it's really important that we know and understand what these algorithms are doing and i had a hunch that this was happening uh a long time ago uh just theoretically uh and it just seems like my theories are true of how some algorithms allow certain posts to go to the top as opposed to other ones and you know it's kind of a misleading type of situation please educate yourself to under try to understand these algorithms as much as possible because they are designed to do things that we possibly 
shouldn't be worrying about or stressing or anything. And it's what's what's it doing to us? It's affecting us in a negative way. Um, I, I, I've even stopped using Instagram for a bit. Like I use it every once in a while now, but I had to take a break from it. And to some, well, not Facebook as much, but um, I had to. I, I, I tend to take a break now. I don't post as much as I used to, and people have noticed that. It's because I need to you need to break away from this like some way some form or fashion we need to break away even if it's just for a while and because you cannot allow if if these algorithms are doing what they're doing there's nothing we could do about it i mean unless we have to abide by what they want and i'm not trying to be i'm not one of those cats that are going to like do stupid stuff or say stupid things um intentionally to get attention i'm not one of those cats and far be it for me i'm not an instagram model so you know i'm not going to move up to the front that way and i'm i refuse to sell myself out to even you know just to get a few likes and all that stuff and you know do everything i'd rather do things the genuine way and if that is what it is that's what it is but um yeah people just be careful of how these algorithms are working because it's it's only working to some people's benefits it's it's what i call the club strategy and for those who've ever been to a club before a nightclub or something like that you know that clubs usually do this all the time they allow people like they let the hot girl they uh, it, they let all the hot women in and basically they let all the hot women in to attract the guys to come in which means they'll be buying more drinks and getting more money and all this stuff and they'll have celebrities get a vip um treatment as well social media does the exact same thing especially like instagram where all the Instagram models are the ones that they shoot to the top to get more notoriety. And so it's like, even if you're like, even if you're a scholar or whatever like that, if you're not hot, you're not getting to the top. If you're not some type of form of education or whatever like that, or some something, or even somebody who does something crazy, you get straight to the top because you're attracting more people. There is a structure that they're doing and it's a structure that's creating corruption within our daily lives and minds and some of it can be very deadly so please be aware of how social media algorithms affect you and affect other people for that matter and i think if we learn that more of that we can actually be in control of the situation in this case all right that is all of my rant for the day on that let's get down to some news so without further ado Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. Okay, so as I mentioned, you know, based upon the clip that I actually played of my panel with the cast of that time I got reincarnated as a slime, Funimation announced that a new film will be coming in the fall of 2022. This is actually awesome. Now, it's funny because I never asked that question. That's one question I never asked when I interviewed them. And I actually asked about a spinoff that was rumored to be coming out and they couldn't, they could not yeah, like due to NDA, of course, they couldn't confirm nor deny it in this case. But what I didn't ask about was a movie. And that's that's fault on me. But 
a movie is coming. This is going to be very interesting uh, as to what it's going to be based on. Is this going to be a completely new story or is it going to be based upon um, the events of the story that's already there? So I, I'm very much interested. I've grown fond of this uh, series. It's a really fun series. And I feel like that they've gotten into some deep waters in season two and just total like 180 and such. And it was pretty awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed it and I enjoyed talking with the cast as well. So obviously those the same cast will be in there and they're going to dub it as well. So I'm looking forward to it. This is uh, going to be interesting. So hopefully we'll get more information to that. But I found this out based on Funimation announcing it uh, and their stories online. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. This is, this is pretty awesome. I cannot wait to see uh, that as well. So I also wanted to give my thoughts on the Batman trailer that uh, has come out this week. And um, they released a one minute and 20 second trailer showing uh, Batman out there. And uh, it looks, I, 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 I'll be honest, um, it actually looks pretty good. It, of course, is very dark. Um, it, it has a. It feels like it's in between Christopher Nolan and Zack Snyder to some extent. Um, I, I still need to be convinced of Robert Pattinson in terms of his Bruce Wayne because he looks very goth in this in this trailer. As Batman, he he looks awesome. Like there's some great fighting sequences in here. That looks awesome. And it looks like that they're actually going to be the main bad guy for this is going to be the Riddler. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm not. It, it's only a, it, like I said, it's only a minute and 20 seconds. So you can't really get too much of a feel. But what I got was actually pretty interesting. So um, just Robert Pattinson looks nothing like a Bruce Wayne to me. He looks more like um, he looks more like, more like a. The guy who plays Polka Dot Man or um, Scarecrow, you know, that's what he comes off to me. And but and in, in within the trailer, you do see, you know, scenes where it's, le it's leaving hints and clues that it's the Riddler is the person he's going to be going up against. And there is a message. There's a whole bunch of hints and messages going out there. And then at the end, when they say um, in theaters, it says 2022, but it's all in question marks. So that's uh that's pretty much it on that note I, I i'm it is not enough for me to say whether it's enough for me to say like i'm in am I'm, I'm interested and intrigued but not enough to really say like oh i got you know i'm, I'm anticipating this just looks like it's going to be good i i'm just not that convinced yet but so far so good so we will see and in fact i noticed that it looks like commissioner gordon is going to be uh, recast because Jeffrey Wright, who plays the Watcher on Marvel's What If, is uh, opted to play James Gordon. So they're doing a lot of switching around on this one, which is awesome. Zoe Kravitz is going to be Catwoman, and we did see a little bit of a clip of her on there. And Colin Farrell is the Penguin. That is going to be interesting. So, yeah. It's going to be really interesting. Andy uh, Circus is going to be um, Alfred Pennyworth in here as well. Um, interesting choice for that. I mean, I think it's going to be a good choice, but interesting choice for that. So uh, the Falcones looks like it's going to be in this. John Turturro is playing Falcone. Carmine Falcone. Oh, that's going to be. Uh, I, I think he. I, 
John, John Turturro will be able to pull it off. I have no doubts about that. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, I, I can't. This is one of those situations I can't judge on this quick trailer. I mean, it was a lot of editing and clips, quick clips going on. But um, and they haven't Edward Nashton, Paul Dano. I've never heard of this guy. Edward Nashton sounds like he could be Edward Nigma. I I'm it's very possible. Uh, Eric, AKA he could be the Joker. I mean, like, I'm sorry, not the Joker. He could be the Riddler in this. Um, not really sure where that's going, but we'll see. Uh, from what I saw so far, looks good. I want to see. I need to see more. I need to see a, a thorough trailer before we get to this point as well so um yeah man we'll see uh it looks it looks pretty cool and i think this is i don't know sure i could be wrong it looks like this is going to be based on like the zero one possibly so we will see on that note but uh i mean we'll, we'll i can't be as it can't be like val kilmer or george clooney bad it just can't i i refuse to believe that it will be anywhere bad as those movies to shoot um the Joe Schumacher movies. So, well, I, who knows? We'll see about that. Um, also want to give my thoughts on the opening to Cowboy Bebop. And man, I gotta admit, I mean, I was already, I was already in on this already, but I think this is now convincing people as per the response that majority of the uh, like the majority of people online are digging the intro um they are sticking with the original music for the show which is awesome they the whole entire opening theme sequence mimics that of the anime in every way it looks awesome but there you it's like a live action version of the intro from the anime uh i love the look because it's kind of giving me dick tracy vibes and and not only that but speed racer like a lot of people whenever chowski's did speed racer i loved it i loved it because it really did feel like speed racer in a lot of way the actual and um the actual anime to some extent and i thought they did a good job and it had it, it had a special type of film and it also gives me um egg uh like edgar wright vibes too with uh scott pilgrim in a sense too so it looks great it looks uh it looks really great i'm looking forward to it i think now people are more interested in because now we see them in motion now now we see how everything is looking i think it's warming up and i think it was a great strategy for netflix to release the opening sequence here so it's coming out november 19th i am looking forward to it it looks pretty good i i look like i said i've been a john cho fan for a long time so i am very confident of his acting chops of his ability to pull this off as spike um people were just nitpicking on things about him and those people aren't really fans of him people have not followed his career i followed his career since um he, he, he first appeared in the comedy called i believe off center which i thought was a very funny um comedy that unfortunately didn't last but then he ended up popping up and you know all these different other projects and everything and movies and then he became mr solo and um star and star um was a star trek uh i you know i have no problems with this dude he could do comedy he could do thrillers and he could do drama he he has a range of different uh, abilities to in, uh, in you know in his uh in hollywood so 
I have no problem with this. He is the brother of the legendary uh, comedian Margaret Cho, you know, who I also am a big fan of as well. So, and I, I became a fan of him. I became more confident of him when I knew and just, and found out that he was uh, Margaret Cho's, um, you know, brother. I, I mean, I'm like, oh, he he's he's got personality. He's got to when he's around her. And it shows I, you know, I, I have, I followed him for years. I know he, I know what he could do. So I'm more confident in him. I think he could pull it off. And I think people, and, and guess what? Not everybody's going to dig it. There's going to be some contrarians out there. There's probably going to be some people who maybe generally do not like it. There are going to be some people who are contrarian who probably just don't want to like it just to be, you know, against the grain. And you're going to have people who are genuinely like actually like it. We'll see. I mean, it could be good. It could be good in a sense that people won't, don't uh, want to admit it. That is good. But it could be bad, too. But we'll see. We don't we won't see until this actually comes out in November 19th. So I it's I'm warming up to it to being actually they're They're going to put a lot of emphasis on this and hopefully it will not be nearly no way hell as bad as death note which by the way i just found out that they're actually doing a sequel to that god-awful movie why like it, it that movie was that movie was horrible i mean that movie was like they filmed it in the same style in same way that they would do a 90s film adaption of an anime it was totally it, it sucked so bad it really did that 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 was not good. I've only watched it once. Um, William Defoe, as great as he is, could not save that movie. And that they're doing a sequel. And they claim that they're going to do right by this sequel. Ah, look, I, I look, look, <laughs> I don't know, man. I really don't know. We will see. I hope this is just not based on special effects, but I don't know. Sheesh. Moving on. <laughs> um disney plus announced future plans to uh for their platform and a, celebra a celebratory day they're doming disney plus day it's in celebration of the first year of the streaming i can't even believe it's been a year and everything that that app has done within a year it's amazing they have fully I, I don't think i've ever seen a streaming network or a platform establish themselves that that quick in that deep like they're kind of like doing the same thing on a streaming platform that aew is doing on a wrestling platform it's like within a short amount of time they're making a huge impact and they've done it man like since it has arrived it has been an amazing ride full of content uh all the marvel cinematic universe content all the old disney content you add nat geo to that as well and it's not stopping anytime soon. Like very quickly, Disney Plus has became, no pun intended, a juggernaut in the streaming network world and in and, and wars for that matter. Like it immediately, like they've only been out for like, what, a, a, at least a year or so. And they're already up there with the likes of Netflix. And, you know, I would say Hulu, but they own Hulu. <laughs> They took over Hulu and, and just like that, but they've been able to compete with Netflix 
very instantly and it making amazon prime like number three in a bunch which amazon prime credit to them they've actually had a chance to step it up in, in uh, years like there was a time where i never even watched one movie or one show on amazon prime because and i was wondering like why am i paying 90 dollars a year for uh for like two day shipping or one day shipping and i'm like oh wait we have we have free movies and content like did i really need this well now i do because they have all their original content now they've stepped it up majorly they have a lot of amazon originals it wasn't the case back then but they figured out that they had to do a lot they had to have their own anime library they had to have their own you know you know original shows and everything and they really acquire a lot they they got coming to america too for god's sake um in there which was huge they got uh, borat you know insanely huge so disney plus in honor of their first year they're going to be doing a lot um they already announced that uh shang soon shang chi shang soon uh, shang chi and the legend of the ten rings will be coming on november 12th at no additional cost so that's awesome and for those who have not gotten a chance to go to the movies to see it or just wasn't prepared quote unquote to be able to go to the movies to see it you will have that chance in november 12th and trust me you will want to see this movie because it is absolutely awesome um they're also talking about a new simpsons special that will be announced that will be um released then um a preview of the book of bubba fett which after the uh, mandalorian last episode we got a chance to see a bit a, a prelude to uh that and a special celebrate um uh, a special celebrating the marvel cinematic universe on disney plus with a lot of things to come i'm thinking we're going to see hints of miss marvel um i think november 12th isn't that the uh the day that hawkeye releases too i think that's going to be the debut of the hawkeye on disney plus as well so i mean there's going to be a lot going on i i am looking forward to this i thought disney plus is right now my top favorite uh streaming platform bar none netflix is my second amazon Prime, uh, video is my third and everything else i guess funimation will be the fourth and everything else falls suit from that point so i mean kudos to them and thank you because i've had an enjoyable time watching everything from the all of the marvel movies well not all of them except for spider-man which is all the spider-man movies are said to be coming you know down the line but also just every single you know marvel movie that is owned by marvel studios at, at best and it's just awesome and then on top of that all of the phase uh four you know tv series uh, sh- I, I should say not tv series but series that they have on disney plus including marvel's what if which is we're going to segue right over to that right now i'm going to give my thoughts on this week's episode and i think we're winding down to the end at this point because um they are i think they got nine episodes for the first season and uh if i'm correct nine episodes meaning in what episode are we i think this is the eighth episode i believe this is now I got to look at this. Bear with me for a sec. Beyond the mask. Where is what if? Here we go. So we got five, six. This is uh, we're episode seven. So eighth, eighth is uh, next week. I believe there are nine episodes in the first season. 
and it will be another season so that's uh that's the awesome part about that just like uh we're gonna get another season of loki um so this one is what if thor were an only child and i every week every episode we get a different story with a different vibe we've had like i said we have suspense we had thriller we had uh horror to some extent we had very dark and depressing storylines as well boy did they flip the script on us this week boy because i was not expecting this like this comedic episode of uh what if and i like that they i love that they did that because it kind of you know after all the dark episodes we need something more lighthearted to get through all that like if, if we go and keep going down that rabbit hole I don't know, <laughs> but I like the fact that they changed it right up. And we have this, we have this episode, which brought yet another different approach to the MCU as this was a bit of a national lampoons slash Van Wilder slash Ferris Bueller, like, you know, theme to it. So this is a world where Thor is without Loki as you know, by, on, uh, by his side. Uh, who and becomes like an irresponsible prince he's he's an adult but he treat he, he plays himself as a team he has the mind of a teen who gets to be the man of the house that house being asgard as his mother leaves uh to visit uh, her sister of witches you know they go on vacation They're, this is their time you know she only gets a thousand years to do this and this was it's was so hilarious seeing this and you kind of get a vibe of you get the whole Ferris Bueller in, in every teen movie that you've ever seen who does a party or something like that. It, it's it's very cliche, but in a funny way. And what happens when the parents go away for the weekend and leaving the kids unattended? They have a party and, you know, they have a party of a of all parties as well. And this is no different. They have the party of all parties and this was just like the craziest thing ever thor pro, uh, first pro, uh, proclaims himself as the party prince you know this is going to be bad from this from this part he tries to convince his his uh fellow you know uh courts to go with him on this and you know they go on these outings all the time whenever their parent odin goes to sleep so yeah i failed to mention that odin is is doing his annual his uh annual sleep to replenish his energy and and um his his powers in order to you know keep asgard safe that's when thor is supposed to be the one to watch over everything if you've read the comics you know this is something that they do all the time which is funny they never done this in the actual movies this is something that they never did in the actual um movies he's never had his sleep he's always been odin throughout all these times they never did the storyline where he you know falls asleep to replenish his energy so thor they could i'm surprised they never went about that because they covered that story a lot in comics and the animated um tv shows as well i've seen that plenty of times but they didn't do it this time which is interesting up until now so they did it in this universe and this party goes on in other planets and they go so wild that they end up destroying other planets and that's the normal theme of what thor does every time the parents go away he has fun and even though hemdil is there watching the whole entire thing hemdil doesn't really say anything unless frega his mother or odin mentions anything like it's it's crazy um 
I thought it was hilarious. He invites everyone from every planet to party at on Earth, in particular of all places, Vegas, including the Grandmaster and his bodyguard Topaz. It just gets crazier from here. This, of course, is based around the events of the first Thor movie, which none of this has happened. Absolutely none of this. Um, the difference here is that everything originally involved gets sucked into Thor's party antics um, that turns everything upside down. For instance, for, for, for instance, this was the biggest thing that came out of it in my eyes. Darcy marries Howard the Duck using an Elvis impersonator. We got Thor and Jane getting super drunk and twisted shacking up and getting tattoos thor gets a tattoo that says science jane tattoo says magic i thought that was awesome uh we see grandmaster is the dj perfect by the way is the dj at a party i love every bit of this and jeff goldblum is a masterpiece is a is is a theatrical masterpiece i swear to goodness drax is cheering people on as they do stupid stunts we also get another appearance from crossbones himself brock rumlow notifying her of the danger that thor is causing if jane actually was the one who tried to call shield to warn them that you know something was coming this is before she actually found out and met thor and became you know totally enamored by this guy as he kind of does in the actual movie but is it's like done three times or five times over you know the volumes turned up majorly with her attraction for this one um this also followed by maria hill who makes her first appearance in the what if uh universe or in the what if series i should say uh as she seeks jane for guidance uh on the threat now what i love about this this version of maria hill this version of maria hill kind of mimics the actual maria hill in the comics like she absolutely Maria Hill in the, in the comics was a was one of these characters who like you saw what Nick uh, Fury was doing. You didn't agree with what Nick Fury's doing, even though he's your boss. You didn't agree with what he was doing. It's one of those characters who would try to politic her way from within to become the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. So she kind of really kind of played more to the comic book version in this one, as opposed to the Maria Hill and the in the actual marvel cinematic universe movies where i was a little surprised that they didn't play to that situation she was a little bit more loyal to nick fury in the mcu than she ever was in the comics in the comics it was like especially during um the civil war saga in the comics she is like taking over everything she's changing every bit of you know uh of, of the philosophy of shield and and the ways that you know the practices that nick fury was going by she was not trying to have it she was going her way or no way at this point and this kind of plays on to the comic book version which i which i really enjoyed um so i thought that was pretty cool maria is now the acting director after nick fury attempted to stop thor's party only to be tackled by Go uh korg from uh thor ragnarok and just hoisted like he the dude's in a coma now <laughs> because of that we also see the return of phil Coulson, who warns them that thor is causing all sorts of havoc around the planet here uh maria hill has no cho no other choice than to use a the beeper that calls on their only hope of stopping this party and stopping uh 
be party prince, if you will. So later in France, we uh, get the appearance of Loki in full frost giant form as he returns uh, as he as a, as a result of him not being adopted by Odin. So you guys remember he was adopted by Odin as a peace treaty with the frost giants and he was made to appear as as guardian, if you will, never to look like the frost giant version of him that he was meant to be. Um. Yeah, that was we found we actually get to see Frost Giant Loki. That's it was pretty epic. And the two play like they are enemies, but then reveal that they are like the best of friends and party together all the time. The two see um see what they believe is a shooting star, only to reveal that is none other than Captain Marvel, Karen Devers herself, who orders them to leave peacefully or else. So Captain Marvel in in this stage is playing the cop in every team movie who who tries to stop a party. <laughs> and so everything is so it, it, I love the formulaic way that they're using a, the, every team movie that we've ever seen to play into this. What if it's brilliant? It's brilliantly done. Um, this leads into a very awesome battle between Thor and Captain Marvel. And let me tell you, this animations this animation and art style is tremendous it's one of the best uh fighting scenes it was the best fighting scene i've seen since um the uh i guess episode three when um thor i mean when the avengers died at the hands of uh hank pym and nick fury was fighting hank pym or we actually it was low key that was fighting hank pym but it made it to seem like nick fury was fighting him but i thought this was an awesome battle and it's something that we don't get much in these uh in these series so it was even more special seeing it you know especially with these two titans you know battling it out we see uh, captain marvel knock thor from the uk all the way back to the us and i love that whenever they're coming near the near the country or being knocked into another country that we show the actual world but it has the writing of which state or, or what country that it is it is awesome it's kind of like uh you know the globes that you know actual globe that we have which has the writing of the um the countries in there it's really awesome so after the epic battle um tore best of her basically while all of the aliens uh all of the alien party guests taunted her calling her party pooper but i thought that was funny while maria and marvel take uh talk about the failed mission jane gets a, a call from thor as she asked him um did he really destroy the planet she's she asked him multiple times did he destroy the last planet he partied in and she was worried because like this dude is just irresponsible and just let things go thor says no and claims that the planet was inhabited and it was already um ready to die anyway which sounds like a lie Jane is completely still smitten by Thor at this point, so she's just going along with it regardless of her instinct, knowing that he is, you know, he's just, just creating chaos. Jane calls Loki again, or calls Loki who um, is with Thor at an all-night Chinese restaurant. Like, it's one of those situations, you party all the time, you go to a diner, you go to some all-night, you know, restaurant or whatever. Unfortunately, he could not do he cannot uh do that because loki dropped the phone and it went straight down and everything just went kaput so 
With no idea of how um, to end Thor's party binge, Darcy unintentionally came up with the idea of contacting her um, his mother Frega uh, to come up and stop this, this whole entire chaos. As the chaos continues, we see various acts of destruction, including the return of Surtur, who basically flirts with the Statue of Liberty, unbeknownst to him that the statue is not alive and he is destroying it by touching it and with his lava hands. Very funny moment. Absolutely funny moment. Frost Giants are desecrating Mount Rushmore using their ice powers. Surtur is once again causing more chaos by doing the limbo on the electric wires used to power the entire state. So that's a problem. Jane creates a device, meanwhile, that will amplify her voice in order to call Hemdo uh, to send her to Asgard where she can um, meet up with uh, Frega. Meanwhile, Captain Marvel goes up to fight Thor again, but this time not to just to distract him long enough so Jane can bring him uh, bring his mother to Earth. Meanwhile, during this battle and during during uh, Jane's attempt to meet up with the mother, Maria Hill in all of her glory in her Maria Hill comic book self chooses to nuke both Thor and Captain Marvel and Crossbones is pretty much just like, wait, aren't you going to hurt Captain Marvel? And very quickly she goes off and Maria Hill goes off and says, she'll be fine. Get ready. <laughs> she's like, she's ready to nuke the hell out of her. She's eager to want to hit that button in order to stop these two from destroying or, or at least Thor from destroying the earth. All of this happens at once and with the little time Jane has to bring Frigga to Earth. She does, she does explain to him that, you know, he's causing trouble on Earth. And just at the nick of time, Frigga appears to scold him and to, uh, to tell him that she, uh, she's coming to see what he's been up to. So this is the Ferris Bueller moment or the every teen movie moment where the parents are coming home and they got to clean up the place before they come before they come home. Like any party movie ever, Thor has a short amount of time to clean up everything, but in uh, his case, in epic proportions. While his mother haste, uh, hastily approaches uh, Thor, Thor looks to help, looks for the help of his friends or all the people that he invited to the party, only to discover that no one wants to help him and leaves him to this mess. It is then that Thor demands, using his using uh, his hammer, Mjolnir. That you know how first of all real quick you know how long it took me to ever pronounce the name of that hammer i've known about that hammer since i was a kid reading comics never knew the pronunciation never knew the name this is why it's important to have live action you know adaptions or cartoons based upon it so we can hear the pronunciation of this it is no way anybody would have known unless they've studied that that type of literary um st structure of how to pronounce that that the name of the hammer okay so he uh he, he pretty much demands i'm using a hammer to burst out thunder and tells him you know everybody took part putting back uh putting into this and to let them know that his mother is coming and everybody apparently was scared of his mom they know who his mom is and they decided to try to put everything back to normal before she comes and they did the whole ferris bueller thing where it's like you know, Ferris Bueller's racing to get back home. She's getting closer to being at home. I wish, you know what I wish? I wish they would have played the same music that from that 
very famous moment when Ferris Bueller is trying to come back home and uh, the parents are racing to get back home to check up on him. I wish they would. That would have been awesome if they would have played that. But when she appears, she sees that Thor is teaching his quote unquote study group about Earth. Captain Marvel then appears to uh, back him up to, uh, on his lie by giving him a table, a tablet full of information about the planet. Frega thanks Captain Marvel for quote unquote helping her to educate her son, meaning she knew exactly what she was doing and what he was doing. But she was thanking him for putting him in his place as she tells Thor to come home with her um, with her. He summons Mjolnir back and only to find out that the hammer is full of graffiti. Mardi Gras beads and a pair of boxers with hard sentiment in front, which exposed everything that he was lying about. Um, we then return to Jane, who is in the trailer reading up on the data, reading up on data when Thor stops by and apologize with flowers, ask her out and finally ask her out on a date. So everything slightly kind of works out, except he walks away happy only to see a portal open up in front of him with an appearance of Ultron, who is in possession of the six stones. But we soon learn it is not Ultron. It is, in fact, Vision in armor to look like Ultron. And even the Watcher didn't expect that to happen. And he thought that it was going to have a happy ending, and it did not. This leads us to believe that we're going to see a two-parter coming uh, next week, which is something that we don't see or haven't seen in the series at all is a continuation of something happening so it'll be interesting to see what's going on here with that but once again marvel has done it they i i say all of their episodes have been flawless there's not one bad episode of the bunch um i may like one more than the other but they have done outdone themselves. They outdone themselves greatly. So let's talk about the cast real quick, because again, we got some uh, cast reprising their roles from the live uh, action movie back and we have some replacements. So you can't do Thor without Chris, this version of Thor without Chris, Chris Helmsworth. And I know there's the other guy uh, who does um, the voice of the animated shows, but this, this is what if you can't, it's hard to do Chris Helmsworth. It's hard to do Thor's Chris, Chris Helmsworth. He does it. He he owns that persona. You can't like he he's grown into that. Like if you watch Chris Helmsworth in the first and second like Thor movies, and then also watch him in the Avengers movies, he's evolved his persona and he's molded into a Thor that everybody likes. There's a time where even in the comics, only a certain amount of people are hardcore Thor fans. Whereas like everybody liked Thor, but he was kind of a boring character in a sense. And he was a very Shakespearean like character. So people wasn't really, you know, not everybody was feeling him like that. But this Thor, thanks to Chris Helmsworth, did a great job like making this very approachable, welcoming, humanistic version of Thor that kind of evolved over time and he's 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 made him into his own like he the same way that robert downey jr has made tony stark his chris helmworth can get credit for making thor his as well still making him feel like thor but he has a bit of personality especially because he's been around earth for so long so um so he's reprising his role once again here and it was awesome i mean he he really made this episode his in this case um the same way that uh 
Michael B. Jordan made last week's episode his as well. Jane Foster, Natalie Portman returns. I mean, all that situation with her is absolutely over. Um, we got a chance to see her again and um, it was it's pretty good. And we're going to see her again in Love and Thunder as well. So it's really good because there was a situation where she wasn't going to be coming back and they were trying to storyline that angle of her not coming back the same with um Gwyneth Paltrow and all the stuff but it turns out that these both actress uh both actresses are coming back to reprise their role so it's great uh low-key Tom Hiddleston has all been about these series I what I love about people like him and and um all of the other people who were reprising their roles from the live action is like i feel like they understand i feel like they get it that they're in this to have fun like in some cases they can argue being just as big of you know of a money-making deal as all of the other ones to say even though they're not making nearly as much money but i feel like that they're doing it for the fun i mean yes they're getting paid but i i it, it just feels like they're enjoying us a lot and they've enjoyed doing us a lot um god thank you we're not only bringing Darcy in, but also getting Kat Dennings to reprise her role because, again, yes, she is one of the smaller characters, but her character has evolved since that of WandaVision. And she has become such a favorite character, a, a favorite side character in this whole entire universe. And it is, this was the it was because of her portrayal of Darcy that got her her own show on um, Two Broke Girls, which I love that show. And I'm a huge fan of cat dennings crush on cat dennings um to no end and she was every bit as awesome in this episode especially with her dating howard the duck or getting twisted with howard the duck enough to get married with this dude samuel l jackson once again returned as um you know as nick fury even joe even though but for just a small segment it was worth it it was so funny um getting knocked out by Korg. so Jeff Goldblum makes his grand appearance and debut on the What If universe. And it's Jeff Goldblum, man. <laughs> I loved every scene from him. They utilized him so perfectly. From him just taking the birthday cake, you know, him and, and, and um, his bodyguard, Topaz, to him DJing the whole entire party and he was like let there be foam like he's weird he has a awkwardness about him but it's it translates into eccentric and cool at the same time he is he is just he's kind of an enigma in some cases he's just awesome but for the times that he was on here they didn't they they didn't uh spare anything from him. he utilized them perfect i loved him um and, and it's just he, he, god he's just great he's just absolutely great um again colby smolders returning as maria hill i was extremely happy to see that she made a return and not only that but she she was she got a chance to be the actual marvel comics version of maria hill this time around so i thought she was hilarious in here i thought it was just absolutely great i love i love colby smolders not just as maria hill but her um her role in uh, How I Bet Your Mother has just been fantastic. Despite the fact, I, I, I won't get into the uh, to the ending of that series. That's a whole nother podcast and a whole nother show for that time. But nonetheless, hey, Kobe Smoters is in here. So, 
Clark Gregg returns as Phil Coulson. I love it. I, I, I keep loving them bringing back um, Agent Coulson because to me, it's a celebration of his character and it's a celebration of Clark Gregg for everything he's been and how instrumental he was to the formation of the Avengers. And when they started doing these Marvel Cinematic Series and they kept saying, you know, kept separating themselves from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all that stuff. Even though we never got our payoff and I that is my only big regret about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that we never got our payoff of Agent Coulson reuniting with the Avengers to let them know that he was still alive before he actually died a second time. <laughs> and that was like an LMD. So I, I that was my only regret, but it's, it's just great to show that they still have show value to the character, which means they still show value to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and it still matters in the world of the MCU. So always great seeing him. Frank Grillo, for the times that we get to see him, I love it because we didn't get to see enough of Crossbones. And when he finally became Crossbones, like it was only brief. We, I wish they did not kill this character off, but I'm glad that they were able to utilize him in other universes. And again, it shows that they value the character, despite the fact of his of the results of his character uh, in Civil War. And he's hilarious in here as well with uh, Maria Hill. So Korg, uh, Taike Watiti, director of Thor Ragnarok, in the uh, is reprising his role as Korg. Um, I love this. I'm, I'm loving this dude more and more. I, the more I learn about him, the more I really enjoy him. And I loved him in um, the recent um, what was I forgot um, free the recent uh, God, what is that movie that he was just in uh, with Ryan Reynolds? Ah, Jesus Christ. Bear with me for a sec. I'm going to get this free guy. Yeah, <laughs> I just reviewed that damn thing. So, I mean, I loved him more free guy. I love what he did with um, with Ragnarok, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with uh, Love and Thunder as well. He is incredible. Uh, Karen Gillan, once again, is back as Nebula. So, like, this is, a, I think this is our third appearance on uh, What If as well. We also get Jamie Alexander back as Lady Sif, you know, as well. Howard the Duck, Seth Green. This is more Seth Green that we ever got in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as Howard the Duck. And I think this was his best, especially now that he's married to Darcy, who's now, by the way, Darcy Duck or Darcy the Duck. It's just the best. Um, of course, like the last time, we don't get uh, Carol Danvers, uh, a.k.a. Captain Marvel. We don't get Brie Olsen, but instead we get uh, Alexandra Daniels, who, again, does a pretty uh, good job as um, Captain Marvel. And it worked. We do get Rachel House back as topaz as briefly as she was in first of all by the way the last time we get to see topaz and grandmaster is when they're leaving to uh you know avoid cleaning up the party when they figure out the party's over and grandmaster and topaz takes these little mini scooters it's hilarious we're taking the scoot scoots and then they just teleport away just just gold frega not played by uh renee russo it is played by um josette ills uh, who I've seen in a, a lot of different uh, roles, live action roles mostly. Uh, she's playing Frigga. And here we, uh, Hoogan uh, is not played. Um, who is playing him? He, uh, he yeah, he replaced uh, Tadanobu uh, Asano 
who originally played the act, live action version in um, the last few movies. David Chen is now playing him. I thought he sounded just like him. And again, shout out to my man Fred Tatashore, who's not only playing Drax again, but he is playing uh, Volstagg this time as well. Two roles he plays perfect in. Um, Max Middleton is taking the role of Zach Levy, who was playing Fandral in the uh, last two movies. And I don't know what leads to that. I think he's a, by, by the way, uh, Max Middleton, um, Middleman is also the voice of Sai, uh, Saitama in One Punch Man. So there you go. If you're going to complain that Zach Levy's in there, look, screw that. We got One Punch Man playing that role. So <laughs> there you go. Um, and of course, Surtur, if you, if you, if you invested yourself in, in um, the appreciation of voice actors over the years, how do you not know Clancy Brown, who would reprise his role from Thor Ragnarok as Surtur? Can I say how much of a insanely huge fan I am of Clancy Brown? Not just because of his voice acting uh, roles for re, um, years from, you know, this to Lex Luthor to so many others in video games and all that. That dude's the Kurgan on Highlander. I, you know, if for those of you who don't know Highlander, go back and watch that movie. Find that movie. Watch it. It's on Hulu. It's on Amazon uh, Prime. I think you can watch it on it on your Prime account, by the way. His famous his famous quote, I got something to say is rather to burn out than to fade away. And he has the best bill in his voice in all of Hollywood. And he is also Lex Luthor in the uh, Superman and Superman and uh, Justice League Unlimited series as well. Cannot go wrong. And of course, we got Jeffrey Wright, a.k.a. The Watcher, a.k.a. Commissioner Gordon and the Batman movie coming up. So again, another fantastic episode of What If. And I can't wait to see next week's episode that's going to involve Vision with the Infinity Stones with Ultron robots all around. I am desperately looking forward to that wednesday is only a few days away people so get ready for that so folks that will do it for what's new in the world of acmg we're going to take a break and come back and i'm going to review star wars visions the collage of beautifully animated anime features based on the star wars universe we'll talk about all of that right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon, and in the name of the moon, you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now it's time for our top topic of the week. Ready? Fight!
Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of Star Wars Visions, the much anticipated series celebrating the Star Wars universe in anime form. There are about, I believe, nine episodes, and each episode has been animated by a different Japanese studio. And I don't have all of the information right now on which studios were involved in this, but well, one of them I do know, I believe maybe Studio Merit of the people are, aren't they responsible for Kill a, uh, Kill a Kill? I believe, cause you can see that studio all up in here. Uh, studio Kill a Kill. Who is the studio behind this trigger? Yeah, there is definitely signs of uh, that company doing uh, a particular episode, which we will definitely talk about here. But, uh, every one of these episodes i mean they pretty much took on the task of doing what the animatrix has done and with um and what gotham uh knights if you guys remember that w uh, warner brothers has done this before and made uh two features based upon two franchises and one the first one the very first one was the matrix uh the animatrix was made into different various storylines and an different anime studios uh anime studios who did this before one was uh cgi and 3d animated and then the rest of it was different you know styles of animation from different studios though they did the same thing here um gotham knights did the exact same thing batman had a slew of different um anime studios tell different stories about batman and, and some of the enemies and whatnot some really great stuff um and right this is right before uh batman ninja came out which was also an awesome deal too um but now disney has finally stepped in and did it so this is not the first uh well this is the first for star wars but it's not the first uh anime feature that is involved with the disney product as well but we have nine uh nine actually awesome episodes i, I might actually say eight because truth be told, there was one episode I wasn't truly feeling in here. And I, you know, it didn't really excite me as much, but I'll go down the list of the episodes, what I thought about them. And then also I'll give my top 10 uh, or top nine of the bunch, um, leaving one of them being the actual least favorite of the bunch. Uh, before I do that, let me, here we go there were some star-studded uh casting in here that i want to mention in this and i was uh very excited some of them some are people that i know and uh have the chance to have on my show others are really huge star-studded uh you know names as well in here so um and very familiar names as well so let's start with the duel which is what which playing in my uh tv right now in my office here the duel was awesome because i love the feudal japan theme and uh, there's a lot of different episodes that carry the feudal japan theme and assimilate it with the star wars lore and star wars cultural you know aspect of it um but this was very heavy very very heavy feudal japan uh and it uh, feudal japan take on the star wars universe and you have a wandering stranger with a mysterious past defends a village what i loved about this, this is very very shogun-esque in here and it turns out that this stranger was and was actually a former sift 
I love the enemy that was a female with a her lightsaber was unlike anything I've ever seen before. It was a lifesaver that was made to look like a weaponized uh, umbrella with a whole bunch of lightsaber blades in there. And it's huge. And she is handling it herself. It's funny because when they reveal who she look, what she looks like, she kind of looks like um, Shinobu from No More Heroes <laughs> here as well. But I love what they did with the first episode. The first episode started off really great the action scenes were epic it was just beautifully done i love the it was it had a manga look to it it was all black and white yeah, a lot of shading and within the characters a lot of shadowing and uh you know drawing and sketching and, and, and effects and everything um beautiful just absolutely beautiful done it's just like a manga just come to life in here and I absolutely I want to see more of this that and that's what the, that's what this series ended up doing is that it made you want to see more of some of these stories in the same way that we want to see more of some Marvel Cinematic Universe stories from what if and it was just well done on the first episode second episode and this one is like 15 minutes a lot of the episodes range from at, at low the lowest is like 14 minutes and i think the most is like 24 minutes uh that some of these episodes because some of them you know they're back and forth uh so i believe this one was 15 minutes here the second episode was actually the episode i was it was like my least favorite and it was a shame because it consisted of one of my favorite uh actors right now and it was called tatooine rhapsody which is consists of a boy i'm sorry a band with big dreams uh, is looking to save one of their own from Jabba the Hutt and Bubba Fett. Without the one thing I did love like about this episode is that Bubba Fett was like a super deformed version of himself. I thought that was funny. Also, Bubba Fett is uh, played by the man himself, um, uh, Tamar. What is it? How do you spell it? How do you pronounce the name? Um, Tamara uh, Morrison, who actually plays Bubba Fett in virtually everything live action or anime animation like he's contracted to stay that character all the time so but joseph joseph gordon levitt also played in this episode and while i love joseph gordon levitt i did not like this actual deal it was it was farthest from the feel of a star wars s you know storyline and then and furthermore at the end they were like they were in a band you know singing rock and this like green dayish like um you know song it just it felt like it didn't fit it, it really I, and i'm not saying that the animation was awesome the character design was phenomenal the voice acting was great it's just the story itself it felt it, it out of all the all the you know um episodes that they showed this one seemed to have lacked the cultural feel of star wars more than anything it's not to say i didn't like it like under other circumstances this would be a cool anime for this it, i just feel like it it, it kind of dry it kind of fell flat on the idea of it even though it had jabba the hutt and bubba fat in there regardless um the twins the twins may have been my favorite of the bunch so far i think the the, uh, the twins was really well done i thought it was cool and it had it was about um twins born under the dark side clash aboard the massive star destroyer and basically the um the brother was actually trying to save the sister from 
dying or whatever like that and you know he had he's he wasn't exactly a very sith like at best especially when he was trying to save his uh sister and all this and his sister not really you know pretty much giving a damn in this case but it led to some really awesome moments and some really great action again um animation and character design was phenomenal there as well and this was i believe the episode that was drawn by the um the team and studios that brought us kill a kill i'm pretty i'm pretty sure i will put money i could be wrong but a lot of the animation from that episode looked exactly like kill a kill i mean it, in every way i mean even just from the the way that they uh drew the characters to the way that they were standing and the animation style it all really looked very similar to that so then you have the village bride which is also pretty good um this one i believe consisted of uh stephanie shea who um he plays the voice of sailor moon uh she's um orihime in bleach she's also sorry in uh the recent uh lost judgment that i just talked reviewed this week on um select start the video game podcast she's back again let me tell you stephanie shea if you any of you get a chance or haven't seen it yet go to talktimelive.com onto my media page watch the interviews with her in air whether my panel with the sailor moon cast that she's involved in or the cast of bleach she is one of the hardest working actors in that realm she is so she is so like filled up and busy like what she does is just amazing uh, i'm a huge fan of her not just because of her ability but just because of her work ethic i am such a big fan of stephanie shea and she's just a down-to-earth cool person if you like she's been on my show but even before i did the panels she was on my show like a long time ago um and we talked about what she does and what she goes through and what you know what she she's very open very transparent and i so appreciate her and everything she does in the business so it was really cool to uh once again hear her talents in this episode but this episode consisted of a jedi who runs um who's on the run and uh is in uh unique co uh, customs of a remote village under threat of the warlord from there so you have that um the ninth jedi was actually really heartwarming inherited but kind of also formulaic as well because you kind of knew what was going to happen you have um a daughter of a lightsaber uh lightsaber smith is what they call him person who puts together and creates uh lightsabers for uh jedi um he's being pursued by dark forces with the uh with a dangerous mission he's making illegal lightsabers for jedis and you know come to find out that you know these uh these mercenaries are coming to get him she he gives the lightsaber the nine lightsabers to his daughter to take to the jedis in order for them to save um you know them for from the darks um uh, you know from the uh the dark forces if you will and turns out she always wanted to wield a lightsaber and she felt that she didn't have the proper training and power to be a jedi by the end that was all changed <laughs> so i really enjoyed that episode as well uh episode six t-o-b-1 i think as a gamer and a fan of tetsu on adam this was one of my favorites this was absolutely one of my favorites a cybernetic boy who dreams of being a jedi discovers a dangerous truth about his creator what they did for this and why i love this episode so much 
if you're a Mega Man fan or a Tetsuyo Adam fan, AKA Astro Boy, you immediately recognize what they're referencing and where they're getting the ideas for this episode from. T.O.B. One is in fact Mega Man. There's no doubt about it. Making his, his professor, who we turn who we who we learn later on is an actual Jedi. He's Professor Light. He's Doctor Light. It is no, there's no way you're not going to tell me that he they're taking from Mega Man and Doctor Light. The kid looks exactly like Mega Man. He has the big arms and big um, hands, much like Mega Man and somewhat like Astro Boy as well. But then you got the guy who looks like he has the beard like Doctor Light. He has the hair kind of like Doctor Light. He's kind of bald. I think he's bald if I remember correctly from the app, but. I was so into this because of the idea of them bringing this mold of Mega Man and and to the to the Jedi. It was brilliantly done. I I, I really appreciated what they did here. Um, and the animation was spectacular. It was so beautiful. Of all the ones that I wanted to see more of, I wanted to see this because I want to see where they would take this in terms of they're using the Mega Man theme for this and. Now you have this boy going on an adventure around the world. And also the droid that he uses molds with him the same way Rush the dog does in Mega Man and helps him become more powerful and do other things. I, I, I hope that they do a behind the scenes of this series and I want to get a real info and um, lowdown on what the thought process of all of these concepts were. But this one was so awesome. I really, really enjoyed this. Um, it was a great story. It's a beautiful story. They, and they managed to grab your heart. He's a, this, this, this robotic kid is such a mascot character. <laughs> Best. So I thought that was pretty cool. The elder, uh, the elder was awesome was as well. Um, a Jedi in his Patawane or Patawan, I should say, uh, pursues a dark and powerful presence. Um, what I loved about this one is one, the, the Patawan in here was a person of color he was a uh, a uh, black character in here and significantly played by uh the actor who plays bart allen on the flash in here so i thought that was really awesome uh let me see if i get his name jordan fisher he played uh don in here and he recently also played he plays in the flash as bart um as Bart Allen, AKA Impulse. So we're gonna see a lot more of him on The Flash, but it was great to see him in the um, Star Wars universe as well. So uh, it was it was it was good. Again, not one of the best of the bunch that I enjoyed, but it was still great. Again, the animation, character design, also great. Great to see a black Jedi in here, albeit a Patuan or whatever. He did look like a black version of Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> he had to pony little small ponytail and everything in here and um it was a great episode uh, at best but uh i think my second favorite episode is going to go to lop and ochi this was awesome a family uh was torn about uh what to do with um when the empire encounters their planet and here you have this alien kid who's looked like kind of um I keep thinking of Saki Ojimbo when I think about this, uh, this, this, uh, this episode, because the kid looks like a rabbit. 
and it's uh, from another planet. But this family takes her on as her own because she's orphaned and they end up taking her as her own. The daughter befriends the um, befriends Lop and basically they be, they grow up to become sisters and you know he becomes his family the father again this is like one of those, this is another feudal japan theme here not as heavy as the first episode but um very feudal japan-esque in this one and there's a there's a situation where their planet is working with the empire to preserve it and survive the father is not digging what the empire is doing because he knows that they're not trying to work with them they're trying to take over the planet and by doing so they he fears that they'll end up destroying everybody involved in destroying the planet itself the daughter feels that the actual his actual daughter feels like you know they need to work with them to survive and she's been politicking and working along and liaisoning with them to try to you know make this transition happen the father is not hearing it. He wants to rebel against them. Lope or Lop is in the middle in between this and just wants the family to work together and work this out. So she's she's more like playing to the philosophy of the father more than it is the daughter. Comes out, the daughter becomes full, like she becomes full dark side Sith Empire advocate. And so much so that she cuts her hair no longer showing that she's the little daughter or girl that he um wants her to be and then just comes out you know end up fighting not only her family but the entire village Lop ends up inheriting the lifesaver that is representative of the family and because of her understanding and philosophy of the father she uh, the father feels that he she is more worthy of it than um than the daughter and again this plays on the old feudal japan you know philosophy and styles and you know bushido code and all that stuff and it ends up wind up that the two lop and ultra ends up fighting each other so it um turns out to be an epic battle i love this episode like one of my favorite this between this and um this episode six with uh tob1 and the second uh, i'm sorry the third episode with the twins in terms of animation style and an art style all three of them are my favorites from there uh so that was a good one and then the last episode was uh akara um akakiri which is a jedi returns for, uh to his forbidden love to help defend her story i love the story animation style is very uh abstract not one of my favorite art styles but i do respect the the dip, the, the uh the differentiates is how it differentiates itself from everything else and animation is beautiful the story is very strong um i like the fact that the uh guys pretty much sacrificed himself he this was the only episode i think where where the um the dark side won and the dark forces actually won and the republic won in this one this episode also was um had one of my other favorite actresses in here as well um uh, who unfortunately again imdb does not highlight and i have to go and find her so bear with me for one sec hopefully i can quickly find the actress name because she played in some fantastic roles she plays an equalizer right now with queen latifah let me see if i can find here she is lauren tell um tucson laura tucson if you guys know that name she's been on a lot of different um shows 
Um, recently, like I said, she's on The Equalizer with Queen Latifah. But before that, one of the best roles that I've seen her in was Orange is the New Black. She was like the biggest villain of, I think, season two or three of that. And she was so great at her role that I almost legitimately hated her. Almost in the same way that I hated um, Andrea from The Walking Dead, but not in the but because I knew she was a big villain in King Joffrey on um, in uh, Game of Thrones. Like her portrayal was that damn good. She played the role of uh, Masago in here, who was pretty much a Sith Lord in this case, who ended up wanting to have the um, you know get the assistance of a Jedi but in doing so she manipulated him in so many ways to end up getting him to agree to work with him and she did this by you know tricking him to killing almost killing his uh his beloved and then the two end up working together but by doing so he needed to um you know commit to the dark side in order to do it so it was an awesome it, in story form it was very strong um i may not favor the art style as much but the strong the story was very strong i loved it and that was pretty much all of the episodes from there i love this and i also love the fact that it says season one which means we may actually get a season two out of this as well so I enjoyed this overall. I don't know what a lot of people think because I didn't hear too much about like I heard I heard more people hyped about this series than I did reactions from the series and what people thought. Like even in our ACMG Facebook group, I heard nothing in comparison to what we heard from like shows like Titans, which by the way is awesome. Um, you know, from other MCU series that we had, you know, recently from even normal Greg Berlanti TV shows. No reaction from this. This is really weird. I don't know what we're going to hear from this, but I, me personally, I absolutely enjoyed this. I may, I may not enjoy this as much as I would say the, you know, Marvel Cinematic uh, series that they've come out with. But I thought they, you know, considering that they made an anime version of Star Wars, it's just awesome. Is absolutely awesome and i enjoyed every one of these you know i may not be the biggest star wars fan but i do know enough about the lore of star wars to enjoy all of this and there's something to enjoy whether you're an anime fan or a star wars fan or both um so i you know i overall this series gets an a for me i think it's a great tribute to anime and star wars and combining the two great cultures together it's just awesome another reason why to love disney plus absolutely so folks that will do it for this edition of talk time live thank you guys oh god scratch that for a minute i actually didn't say what was my favorite my top nine in a bunch okay run that down real quick <laughs> so my top ranked episodes of all is tatuan rhapsody goes to number nine aki, uh, aki kiri goes number eight for me the Elder is number seven. Number six is The Ninth Jedi. Number five, Loop or Lop in Ultra uh, is the number five, making number four, T.O.B. One. Number three, The Duel. Number two, The Village Bride. And number one is The Twins. That is my number one favorite of all of the episodes, bar none. 
So, which, by the way, it's playing right now on, on my um, on my screen. It's about to auto play right into that. So awesome. Um, so that is it. And again, now I can say this, folks. That will do it for this edition of Talk Top Live. <laughs> Thank you guys so very much for being a part of this episode and every episode, which you can find on TalkTopLive.com. You can go there. You can find all of our episodes there. You can also, like I said, go to the media page to see all of the Repop Metaverse panels that I've hosted as well. Speaking of Repop, we are just two weeks away from New York Comic Con, the return of New York Comic Con, the I, I wish I could say post COVID, but it's not <laughs> the, I guess the pandemic edition of New York comic con at best. So I will definitely be there to cover and this will be very significant and interesting to see how this fares during the situation that we're in right now, but we need a place to enjoy, to take away from everything that's going on in the world and repop is giving it to you. So I am looking forward to being a part of this in any form or fashion and uh, covering all of the events and all of the cosplays and everything and seeing how this goes. I'm going back to New York. I said I was destined to go back to New York and damn it, I'm making it happen. So it's great that I will be there. I'm going to cover it all and you'll be hearing about my experiences there when I get back. So again, I'll have an episode next week because next week's episode, I will review Venom, let there be carnage because there's apparently some big things uh, rumored to be happening with that. It's the only reason why I'm going to see this movie and paying money to see this movie because as a Venom fan, I am a bit under, you know, I am. I'm a bit disappointed in the direction that they go, but it may change by this time. So that will be next week's review. And uh, again, for select start the video game podcast, I will review Act Razor renaissance the remastered version of one of my time honored favorite games on a super nes made by enix now square enix and uh, we'll talk about all that uh this week as well as any other news that is going on or any announcements that need to be done from there so again you could go to talktimelive.com to check out all of our content there any video uh exclusive interviews i've had any repop metaverse uh episodes i have blogs everything is all on talktimelive.com if you are looking to subscribe and download, you could do so on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, uh, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora, and of course, shout out to all my people in the Tumblr community. And by the way, thank you all for supporting, for downloading everything, because as of right now, I have reached yet again a new download record. Thank you for everybody for your support. Thank you for allowing me to be a voice for you for an hour or two to give my views, my opinions, which is that's all it is, is my views, my opinions. Doesn't mean only but so much <laughs> in, in a sense. But, you know, the fact that you guys are coming back to hear it, I appreciate it and I am humble. Make your voice out there. And again, if I say anything right now in, in reference to the real world is keep safe keep yourself safe in all costs keep others safe and again be aware of the algorithms of social media for your mental health's sake that is it for me people on behalf of myself this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is ACMG presents talk time live I am out of here and I will see you guys soon have a great week
Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.